helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. I want to thank you for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is titled, Adult Sons of Rejected Mothers, Part 2. Those of you who listened to last week's show know that we gave a challenge to listeners to see who would be the first listener to guess the family that we were talking about in the show. And I want to congratulate Simone of Kanata for being the first to email and identify who the family was that the show was based on. Here is how we set up last week's show. See if you can listen. If you weren't listening last week and you're listening for the first time, see if you can guess who it is that we are referring to. So we have changed up the names here. So these are not the real names of the people involved in the story. So we're going to go with the name Jack and Susie as we did last week. So Jack did not love his wife Susie because she did not resist her father's manipulation on their wedding day. To make matters worse, Jack was in love with Susie's sister. He was passionately in love with her sister and would do just about anything for her. Susie knew she was not the number one in Jack's life, but felt that if I could only have children for him, he would fall in love with me. When she gave birth to her first child, a boy, she said to herself, surely he will love me now. But her misery continued as Jack was still in love with her sister. When she gave birth to the third child, she exclaimed, surely my Husband, Jack, will attach to me because I have given him three sons. However, Jack was still in love with her sister. Susie gave up hopes by, of ever being loved by Jack after the fourth child. Although she ended up having six children for him, then there was the incident that said it all. The incident that said, that Susie and her children didn't matter much to Jack. Oh, I, f- I forgot to mention, too, that at the time of the incident, Jack also had a son with her sister. This is beginning to sound like a soap opera, isn't it? Okay, back to the incident that said it all. They were all on a journey when they faced real and present danger and Jack felt that they could all be killed. So he came up with a scheme, a plan to to protect his family. So to protect Susie's sister and her child from harm, he placed Susie and her children in front of them. Sort of like a human shield, right? So if there was ever an attack, they would be killed first. And maybe... Susie's sister and her son would be saved. Susie's boys at that time were old enough to understand what was going on and must have felt unloved and unprotected by Jack. For those of you who didn't 
listened to last week's show, were you able to tell who we are talking about in this story? If you guessed that this was the biblical story of Jacob, Rachel, and Leah, then you guessed correctly. Leah, in this story, was the rejected woman. She's referred to as Susie above. And her sons are the rejected, the sons of a rejected mother. And of course, Rachel is the sister who was passionately loved by Jacob. Today in part two, we will be looking at the possible outcomes of being the son of a rejected mother. The outcomes are not all negative, so I hope no one uh, stopped listening to this show part way because we are covering some of the negative negative aspects of being the, the son of a rejected mother. Because as you will see by the time we come to the end of the show, that there are some surprising positive benefits as well. So last week we said that these boys, these boys of Susan, these sons of Leah in the biblical story suffered a number of what psychologists call ACEs. And ACEs, A-C-E, uh, stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. And so there are 10 adverse childhood experiences that is said to have severe impact on children who experience them. And last week's show, we gave the list of the, of the ten the ten aces. We discussed what they were, and we also gave uh, information that showed their possible impact on a person's life. So, if you missed last week's show, I suggest that you listen to it to hear what these aces are. And last week, we also uh, discussed, begin to discuss some of the negative consequences on children who suffer these aces or the negative consequences of the on the boys in this biblical story that we are using to illustrate the point so we want to go now just to begin to look at what what are some of those possible negative impact. And as I said, we started covering this last week, so uh, please go to last week's show to hear about the the first point that was covered on the negative impacts last week. That's a very important point as well. But before I go into the rest of today's show, I want to remind you that we are a counseling organization that provides professional counseling from a Christian perspective. You can find more about us by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us at one 204 if you have any questions. So let's go right into the negative effect. The next negative effect that we can see from the biblical story. Not all of these effects that I'm going to be talking about today are found in the biblical story, but but a few of them are found in the story itself, and others are from psychological literature. So the first negative, or I should say the second negative impact, because we covered number one extensively last week. So the second negative impact is what is described as high risk behavior or 
to, to say it another way, behavior dysregulation. And this is the inability of boys uh, who are from rejected mothers to control their behavior. They have this out-of-control behavior that puts them in situations that are that are uh, to their disadvantage. So, in Genesis 35, verse 21, we see Reuben, a son, the first son of Leah, engaging in behavior dysregulation. And the behavior dysregulation or high-risk behavior that Reuben engaged in was that we are told in we are told in Genesis 35 verse 21 that Reuben had sex with Bilhah, his father's concubine. A, a concubine in those days was a sort of second-class wife. Didn't have all the privileges of a wife, but you know they they were wives nonetheless of of the of the, their husband. And so we see that Jacob's wife Bilhah, Reuben went and had intercourse with her. And as a result of this, he ended up uh, being cursed, so to speak, by his father. So in Genesis chapter 49, verse 3 to 4, Jacob, when he was on his deathbed, pronounced these words over Reuben. And this is the time in, in biblical literature where when a father was about to, to pass on because they're advanced in age, they would call all their sons and they would start with the oldest son and pronounce a blessing on that son or predict what would happen in the future to this son. So we see that happening uh, in the case of Esau and Jacob, where Jacob ended up being called by his father, or Jacob deceived his father into thinking he was the oldest son, and as a result, the father pronounced this blessing on him. So here we have now Jacob is now about to pass on from this life, and he's calling his sons before him. By this time, he has 12 sons. So he starts with Reuben, and he said uh, these words in chapter 49, verse 3 and 4. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, the first sign of my strength, excelling in honor, excelling in power. But then he goes on to talk about another side of Reuben. And he said, Turbulent as the waters, you will not, you will no longer excel. For you went up unto your father's bed, unto my couch, and defiled it. So here we have Reuben who had engaged in high-risk sexual behavior, behavior dysregulation, by not being able to control himself, having this intercourse with, with Bilha that now he ends up missing out on his father's blessing. So in boys who fit this description, boys who are from rejected mother, as such as Reuben, there is this tendency towards uh, 
behavior dysregulation. So we find this behavior dysregulation in sexually sexual high-risk behavior, for example, where they will engage in risky sex that could end up giving them uh, HIV or other uh, sexually transmitted disease. Or in risky sex where they could be killed by others' partners because they are in- involved in cheating relationship with people who are married or, you know, just doing doing strange things that put them at great risk. So sexually risky behavior is one form of behavior dysregulation, but it, it is by no means only. There are several other areas of where we see behavior dysregulation uh, occurring. So another area would be drug use. People who use drugs have become slave to the to their pleasures. And so they're not able to regulate their behavior. And so they become addicts. And this addictive lifestyle end up causing turbulence in their lives, causing situations where, as Jacob predicted of Reuben, that he will no longer excel. And this is really a sad commentary that is is being spoken here on Reuben's life because this is someone with great potential. So, so as I said before, before I started this point, that it is not all negative for these boys because as we will see as we go through, there are some strengths that they have. And of Reuben, Jacob said, you are my, you are of the first sign of my strength. So in other words, Jacob is saying, there is something in you, Reuben, that, that, that mirrors the strength that I have. You're, you're the first sign of my strength. You have honor. You're excelling in honor and excelling in power. But then there is the dark side. And this dark side happens because they are not able to regulate their behavior in such a way that the positive side uh, shows up often in their lives. And so, so there are drug use and then other forms of addictive behavior such as gambling, porn addiction, and these kinds of behaviors end up uh, making these young men, these boys, not able to live up to their full potential. So let me just talk a little bit here about the the psychology of, of this prophecy, because if we look at the words of Jacob, we can think about it as this, this mean dad who is pronouncing this curse over his son, you know, saying that you will no longer excel and you are going to be punished because you defiled your father's bed. But we can also look at it another way, that Jacob was merely saying, Reuben, because you have this kind of character that you cannot control yourself, you're not in control of your urges, you're, you're turbulent as waters and you have been driven by your passions instead of having control over your passions. Because you have these tendencies, I can see where it's going to lead you down a path that is going to make you not excel. And you don't have to be a prophet 
to see that if someone lives their life in this way, where they're controlled by their flesh, they're controlled by their passion, they're controlled by the pleasure of the, of the moment, that they're not going to succeed in life. Because success in life depends on the ability to be able to delay gratification. And we see that with Reuben, he was not able to delay gratification and he end up in a situation where that puts him at odds with his father. And his father, at the end of his life, was merely predicting, seeing into the future and telling what would become of Reuben. And it wasn't a pretty picture that was painted. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been using selected passages from Genesis 30 to 49 to speak on the topic, Adult Sons of Rejected Mothers, Part 2. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. So the second thing that we see in boys who are from mothers who have been rejected is that these boys also tend to have low self-esteem. And this is understandable because young children, when they're in situations where they can see that they're not loved by their fathers in ways that make them feel special, or they see their mothers being put down and rejected, they are feeling that there is something wrong with them while this is happening. Young children tend to live in this magical world where they feel responsible for what's happening in their family. And so they will feel, maybe if I was if I was a better boy, my dad would love my mom more. Or maybe my parents would not get divorced if I excelled in sport or in school. And so they try harder. And when they fail, they develop this low self-esteem because they were not able, despite their best effort, to prevent the negative outcomes in their family. So this normally leads to low self-esteem. Another reason that boys in these kinds of family develop low self-esteem is that young boys are wired to protect their mother. And boys, sometimes when there is a father that is hostile or is missing in the home, they they develop this sense that this feeling that they should be able to do something to provide for their mother or to protect their mother from the hurt that she's going through. And so when they are not able to do this, they end up feeling powerless and this develops low self-esteem. So many of these boys suffer from low self-esteem. So they turn to counterfeit solutions uh, and counterfeit solutions is what I describe as outward remedy for an inward pain. And so these outward remedy can be possessions where they would want to drive the 
the flashy cars or to have the bigger houses or, you know, the nice clothes as a way of saying, I am okay. But oftentimes these things are just a reflection that something is not right inside. And I'm by no means saying that everyone that has nice things have low self-esteem, but I'm saying that nice things are sometimes a cover-up for the pain and the low self-esteem that a person is feeling on the inside. And so many of these boys may come across as being, you know, very proud and 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 uh very showy in how they live their lives. But this is really uh a cover for the pain and the low self-esteem that they're feeling. And so we also know that people who have low self-esteem has this tendency of putting down Others, and then there's often this jealousy towards others who who are successful or who are positioning for success. So we see this in the family, the biblical family as well. That when Joseph Joseph was the youngest of the twelve sons, started having these dreams and saying, "You know, God is showing me that I'm going to be a great leader." Instead of these brothers being happy for him, they planned to kill him. They wanted to get rid of him. And and so he ended up being sold into slavery because the low self-esteem that these boys had couldn't make them rejoice for the success of their brother. So people with low self-esteem often have an, an inability to rejoice in the success of others. And then the, the next point that, that happened in a lot of these boys is that there is this instability. And Jacob, in speaking of Reuben, mentions this because he said, you will be turbulent as water. And so when you think about water, water is something that doesn't have a foundation of its own. It has to be contained and it takes the shape of the container that it is in. But water is also very movable, very changeable by wind, for example. It will blow in the direction of wherever the wind is coming from. And this turbulence that that Jacob is talking about in the life of Reuben can be reflected in a number of ways in today's society. So it can refer to boys who do whatever it takes to fit in to other groups instead of standing up for what they really believe. And so we see the same happen in the story of Jacob when the, up the, when the brothers wanted to kill Jacob. Instead of Reuben standing up and saying, no, this could not happen, he pretended to go along with it. And then the Bible tells us that when he came back to the pit where the brothers had thrown Jacob in, his plan was, okay, I'm going to go along with this plan, throw him in this pit, and then when they're gone, I'm going to go back and rescue Jacob. But by the time Reuben went back to the pit, he was he tore his, his garment in, in grief because Joseph was missing. Joseph was no longer in the pit that they had, sh- they, they, they had put him. And so there is this 
doing whatever to fit in, not being able to stand up for your your moral or spiritual beliefs. This is a sign of instability. But instability also take the sign of starting things but not being able to finish. Uh, we talk about easily influenced before, but also not persisting in anything, giving up when the going gets tough. This is all because of what they have experienced in their home life. They cannot deal with things that are difficult and they want to fit in because they they cannot stand the agony of of feeling uh, excluded because they felt excluded in their family life. And so I don't want to talk about the final point, which is resilience. As I said, it's not all negative. And we find that Judah which was Leah's fourth son, that Jacob had glowing things to say about Judah. And I think that everyone listening to my voice who is a rejected son can have these positive things in their lives, can have these traits. And so of Judah, uh, Jacob said in, in Genesis 49, Judah, your brothers will praise you. So brothers does not necessarily mean just uh, your biological brothers, but people in general will praise you. So in other words, you're going to have a successful life. So th- this is this is very, very uh, interesting because if you think about it, Judah was the one that is least likely to be successful. He was born to the wrong mother. He was born in the wrong birth order. He's the fourth one. He's not the first born in those days. He's born to the wrong mother. He's born to the, in the wrong birth order. But yet, Jacob, in, in, in speaking about what would happen in his life, said, your brothers will praise you. And then he goes on to say that he would be a leader. Jacob goes on to predict that he would be like a lion. Sorry, let me just read here the wrong verse. He goes on to say that the the, the scepter will not depart from Judah. The scepter is a symbol of leadership. So he's saying, Judah, despite the fact that you're born, you're the bad start to life, you are going to be a leader. And we see this is fulfilled. This was fulfilled in the life of Judah, and it goes on to say that he's he's also has strength. He's quiet but strong, and so Jacob described him as this lion that crouches and lies down like a lioness. Who dares to rouse him? So, in other words, this. Judah is not the kind of man who is very showy and flashy and has the biggest voice and has to to show his presence everywhere he goes. He's okay with lying quietly and not be seen. But there is a silent power and a silent strength that is there. And I think uh, for boys who are born in these homes, because of 
of the disadvantage there's also the uh, a positive that comes from it they have they have strengths that other children do not have but the secret is to know how to nurture them and to guide them in such a way that they can heal from the emotional pain and utilize the strength that comes from their adversity judah was able to do that and judah became successful and the tribe of judah became very successful and it is from the tribe of judah that we got King David and Jesus being born. So don't be discouraged if you are in a situation where you're from a rejected mother or you're a mother of a rejected boy. There, there is a positive side and with the right kind of help that, that positive side can be fulfilled. So, so next week's show, I'm going to be talking about part three. I'm going to be talking about how to be how to be a Judah, how to turn these adversities around into positive things. So stay tuned. So we have quickly come to the end of today's show and we'll be on the air next week, Monday morning at 9.30. I want to remind you that we are not for a profit organization that counts on your support to steer the air. If you missed last week's show, you can find it on our YouTube channel by just typing in Elim Counseling Ministry. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M Counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us at one 204 We also want to remind you that we are a not-for-profit organization that counts on your support to stay on the air. So if you haven't donated as yet, please consider doing so by making a donation through any of the means on our website. Until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counting Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. <music>